Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Embodied Nourishment Podcast. So today I want to talk about all things food waste. Yesterday I had a client call and my client was explaining to me about how oftentimes she will eat well past the point of fullness because she feels guilty about throwing food away when there are millions of people all over the world who struggle with food insecurity and who are going hungry. Um, I hear this a lot and I'm sure this is something we can all identify with, um, you know, especially growing up. I know we have parents who were raised by people who grew up during the Great Depression. So during the Great Depression, food was scarce, uh, money was scarce. There was not a lot of resources. So we were always told, you know, don't leave food on your plate. There are starving children in Africa. You know, the classic making us feel guilty for not eating all of our food. Also, in tandem with that, being raised by parents who were raised by people who went through the Great Depression, there was a lot of emphasis on finishing the food on your plate because we don't know when the next meal is going to come. Um and this is this is the crux of food scarcity. When we don't know when our next meal is going to come, when we don't have enough money for food, it feels like, oh my goodness, I have to eat all of the food on my plate right now because I don't know when I'm going to eat again. And this actually mirrors dieting, right? So I always say dieting is the intentional form of food scarcity. And then poverty is the unintentional form of food scarcity. And it's interesting how even oftentimes when people come out of poverty and they do still have access or, or they have new access to money and resources, this, this old pattern of food scarcity still kind of follows them and they still feel like they have to finish everything on their plate or they can't throw food away. Or they'll intentionally go into cycles of dieting where they are restricting on purpose and inflicting this self form of food scarcity only to find themselves overeating or binging again when they do come in contact with food. Um, so it's interesting how it, it, these generational trauma patterns get passed on regardless of economic status. But let's go back to the food waste and talk about how it's also reflected in our culture. Um, <laughs> I, you know, corporations do a really good job of making us feel guilty for being human beings who utilize resources on the planet. There are messages throughout our media and even from the, the major corporations who are the biggest offenders themselves of waste and um, um, environmental offenses. Um, they are the first ones to point the finger at us, the individual, and make us feel guilty and feel bad about our utilization of resources in our own lives. A really good example of this is Brussels Airlines, um, Brussels in Belgium. They have an airline company, if you don't know, and it, I, this is a fun fact for you. Brussels Airlines will send air, empty airplanes back and forth to America several times a day just to retain their slot in the airport. 
because if they don't send airplanes back and forth, then they'll lose their slot to another airline and they don't want to lose their slot. So just for shits and giggles, well, not for shits and giggles, but to maintain their spot in the airport, they will send empty airplanes back and forth several times a day just to retain their spot, right? And meanwhile, we're over here making sure that we are recycling every little thing. We're trying to reduce our carbon footprint as much as possible in our own little personal lives. Meanwhile, these major corporations are emitting these these (laughs) massive carbon emissions into the atmosphere, and none of us are protesting it or trying to hold them accountable or pointing out the hypocrisy because we are just too busy beating ourselves up or hyper-focusing on our own little individual lives and feeling guilty about throwing a little bit of food away or um, you know, having to drive our, our gas-powered car somewhere because that's the way that the world has been set up right? We, we are constantly given messages that, you know, it's not good to drive your gas powered car everywhere. But at the same time, the world has been set up in such a way where we don't have a fucking choice. (laughs) You know, the, our entire lives have been set up where roadways have been built for cars in order to go to school, to go to work, to go to the grocery store. So here we are getting in our gas-powered vehicles, driving to the places that we need to get to and feeling bad about it because our car is (laughs) using gas and putting out carbon emissions into the world. So these are the ways in which the messaging in the media makes us feel shame and guilt and makes us hyper fixate on ourselves so that we don't turn around and say, hey, you guys are the biggest offenders of waste. You guys are the biggest offenders of putting carbon emissions into the atmosphere and destroying the environment. Not me, not me who recycles my little can of tomatoes and who walks as much as she can, but also just doesn't have a choice but to use her car to get where she has to go to meet her basic needs in life, <laughs> right? The, the individuals, uh, us as each little individuals, are not responsible for these massive offenders of waste and pollution. But... What happens is, when going back to the topic of food waste, throwing food away, it makes us feel really bad because that's what this, this psychological stronghold has done to us. So let's zoom out a little bit and take a little bit more of a bird's eye view of this, of what's going on. Okay, so let's say, for example, you're eating a burrito from Chipotle, okay? And think if you know those burritos are really big. And you get two-thirds of the way through with it. And you have a third of the burrito left and you are just stuffed to the brim. Now you have to make a decision. Do I throw this away or do I finish it? A lot of times I hear people are finishing the burrito despite the fact that they are stuffed because they feel guilty about one, starving people all over the world and two, throwing food out contributes to um, global warming. Okay, so a few things here. One, these starving people who exist all over the world, you eating the rest of this burrito, despite the fact that you are stuffed, (laughs) actually doesn't do anything to help these starving people all over the world. You're not doing anything to help 
world hunger. All you're doing is hurting yourself. And this is just one example of many of how guilt is such a useless emotion that does nothing but hurt ourselves. Um, And it also just exemplifies how harmful the concept of scarcity is. Or I shouldn't say the concept, the reality of scarcity. Right, the reality of scarcity all over the world, the reality of scarcity in our in our lives when we are restricting or dieting and, and then we come in contact with food and we feel like, oh my goodness, this is here. I have all of this right now. I must finish it all despite the fact that I'm stuffed. Right. So when when you are filling yourself to the brim with food and then piling more food on top of it because you feel guilty about people all over the world who are hungry, you're only hurting yourself. Making yourself overfull, eating well beyond your nutrition needs for the day, just because there's somebody hungry on the other side of the world, you're not helping that person on the other side of the world. You're just hurting yourself. If, if world hunger is a topic that is near and dear to your heart and you want to do things to help people who are hungry, there are many ways you can do that. You can donate. You can donate to food pantries. You can donate money to causes for world hunger. But stuffing yourself with um, you know, the, the rest of your food just because you feel bad that somebody else doesn't have food, it's not, it's not helping anybody. It's not helping you. It's not helping them. Conversely, it's just, it's just hurting you, right? Um, I will also say, you know, throwing out one third of your burrito in the garbage because you were too full for it, my friends, that is not causing global warming. That is not what is destroying the environment, I promise you. The things that are destroying the environment are... The really big, powerful politicians, political organizations, the oligarchies all over the world who exploit the resources of marginalized people, exploit their land, exploit their labor, drying the earth up of its natural resources, that is what is causing global warming and environmental damage. It is not you throwing out a third of your burrito. I promise. (laughs) You are not responsible for the violence and corruption of the oligarchies and political systems all over the world who just exploit, exploit, exploit. Okay, so... Moving forward, if you are eating a meal and you just don't have enough room for it, get rid of it. Or you could always save it for later. But if you can't save it for later, right, because that's an, that's an obvious solution, right? You can always just pack it up, take it home, save it for later. But if you can't do that, there is nothing morally wrong. You are not doing anything morally wrong about throwing the rest of the food away, okay? Um. I, I want to also talk a little bit about another aspect of this. Um, on my client call yesterday, she also brought up the concept of people-pleasing and how people-pleasing also can play into the role of eating beyond eating beyond your fullness level. So she was saying that, you know, when she goes and she eats out at a restaurant or if she eats 
um, like over at somebody's house and there's just too much food and she can't eat it all. She feels bad about leaving food behind because she feels like it's going to be offensive to the cook or offensive to the chef at the restaurant. And very specifically, she gave an example about how her her mother-in-law quite quite intentionally will make her feel bad and say things very overtly like, oh, you didn't finish all the food on your plate. Was my food bad? Um, and, and in a way that's like very vicious and attacking and that can make a person feel like, oh no, I'm doing something wrong. Okay, so this is where the concepts of people-pleasing may come into play. She felt she often feels like she has to finish everything on her plate when she's at her in-law's house so that she doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here, but let's start unpacking it, okay? First of all, first of all, when your body sends you a fullness cue, that is your body telling you to set a boundary, okay? You get a fullness cue. That is your body's way of saying, no more. I don't want to eat anymore. I've reached my nutritional need for the day. There's no more room here. We are done, okay? Now, if you eat on top of that to please somebody else, what that is doing in a big, in in a very, um, convoluted way that may not be so obvious, but I want you to start thinking about it in this way. This is a violation of your boundary, right? Somebody is making you feel bad for not finishing the food on your plate. What they're doing is in a way violating a boundary that your body has put up. And this is the trouble with people pleasing, right? So, I mean, quite frankly, I said to her, I said, what, why do you think it's your responsibility to make your mother-in-law happy with this, right? It's not your fucking job to make other people feel better, right? The food is good. You complimented the chef. The food tasted good. It has nothing to do about the food not tasting good for you not stuffing yourself to the brim and hurting yourself. You're just full. Your body set a boundary, It has nothing to do with the taste of the food. And if your mother-in-law wants to take that as an offense, you know what? That's her fucking problem. That's her fucking problem. Because at the end of the day, it's not about her being offended that she didn't finish the food on her plate. It's it's the mother-in-law trying to just have some kind of control. Control over body, control over her life. That's what this is about. It's a microcosm of somebody having control over another person. And when you zoom out, this goes back to the conversation that we were just having in the beginning of this podcast episode about how these corporations will turn around, point the finger at you and say, look at what you're doing. You're not finishing your food. You're responsible for food waste. You're utilizing the earth's resources. It's your fault. Right, this gets played down, this this gets boiled down and it plays down into our family systems. The, the internal family structures are just microcosms of the, the political structures that govern our cultures, our society. And this gets played down, boiled down and, and played out in our interpersonal relationships and in our in our day-to-day lives. So you can also think about this as setting a boundary 
and, and not letting people have this kind of control over you. If people want to be offended that you're not finishing all of the food that they cooked for you, that they gave you, that is their shit to deal with. They are falling apart at the seams because they realize that they don't have some kind of control over you that they wish to have over you. <laughs> That's what it is, right? I mean, just, just think about it. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, maybe you do do this to people. And if you do do this to people, then you need to start reflecting on having control over people or, you know, being, being, um, really exaggerated in your responses to people not finishing all of the food that you made. Maybe they didn't like it, you know, like maybe, maybe people didn't like the food and that's why they're not eating it. Do you want people to eat food that they don't like? (laughs) right like all of these little ways you know why why should people eat something that they don't want either because they don't like the taste or because they're just full because it hurts your feelings right get over yourself (laughs) get over yourself but if you're on the other side of this standing up for your fullness level Standing up for your body is an act of rebellion against people, organizations, systems, politicians, oligarchies who are trying to have control over you in your everyday personal life. I'm full. I don't want any more. If you are offended by that, I don't give a shit. Go in the corner and process it yourself. I'm done. I'm done. Um, You know, obviously, (laughs) the, the... boundary that you're setting doesn't have to be that intense at at the forefront of this right like if if it's a very benign conversation you know somebody's saying oh how come you didn't finish your food I spent all day cooking this blah 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 the initial boundary can just be oh my god you know it, it the food is lovely it is so delicious I am just really full right now because I ate I indulged in it so much do you mind if I like take some of it home to go and and I can eat some of it later that's how good it was that's how delicious it was. You mind if I take some home? That's a really nice way of initially setting a boundary. But obviously, you know, if it gets to a point where they're pushing, 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 or trying to make you feel bad, or trying to subtly manipulate you, then, you know, firmer boundaries have to get placed. You know, stop, like stop. Stop trying to force me to eat. I said no. This is my body, right? My body, my choice, my boundary. Stop forcing me to eat. Um, and then, you know, take it as hard as you, as you need to, right? (laughs) Maybe you do need to curse them out and be like, get the fuck off my back. I said, I don't want any more. (laughs) The food sucks. I don't want it. Get away from me. (laughs) Um, but anyway, um, yeah, thinking of it as an act of rebellion against these major systems that a try to make you feel bad for the crimes that they commit. (laughs) And also, two, taking a firm stand in your body and saying, this is the choice that I'm making right now. This is how it is. Take it or leave it. If you want to be offended about it, that's your problem. Okay. Now, circling back to, again, well, not circling back, but expanding on the concept of food waste. Um, Funny enough, now I'm also going to just give you extend an olive branch here and just talk a little bit about how the conscious eating process and how healing your relationship with food is actually a way in which you can decrease your food intake and i'll i'll expand on this now so 
when you are trying to control your food intake so um, so much, like if you're dieting, for example, um, or if you're not dieting even, but but you're trying to control your food in such a way where you are trying to decrease food waste, this can ironically cause more food waste and for you to um, you know spend money on food that you may not end up eating, right? So so we'll talk to the economic aspect of this on the personal level in your day-to-day life. And I want to say, going through the conscious eating process, healing your relationship with food, reconnecting with your body, this can actually get you more in touch with, well, it does get you more in touch with exactly how much and what kinds of foods your body needs on a more regular basis. And when you are more in touch with that, Then you start to understand exactly or about exactly how much food and what kinds of foods you need to buy each day, each week, or each week um, at the grocery store. This over time causes you or, or teaches you how to be more economical in your shopping experiences. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're on your conscious eating journey, you're healing your relationship with food, and you say, oh my goodness, I have a really strong craving for blueberries. I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to get a whole bunch of blueberries. And let's say you go to the store and you buy two pints of blueberries, and then you bring them home, and you can't get through them all. There, you know, you just bought too many blueberries and one of the pints of blueberries gets moldy, it goes bad, it's rotten, and now you have to throw it out. And you sit there and you say, oh, I can't believe I wasted this whole pint of blueberries. Well, okay, instead of looking at it as waste or beating yourself up about it, because that doesn't ever work, (laughs) that shaming and, and beating ourselves up about something is not the way that we teach ourselves a better solution. Instead, we can take that situation and say, okay, I learned that my body doesn't like more than one pint of blueberries in a one-week time period. So now take it as a piece of information and, and say to yourself, okay, I know going forward, do not purchase more than one pint of blueberries per week. So now in in that scenario, you experienced your body giving you a craving, a cue, you responded to it, and then in the response to that craving, you calibrated how much of it your body needs and you took it as a piece of information and now moving forward, you are going to behave with your money in a way where you waste less food. And that puts more money in your pocket, right? So in conclusion, approaching food, approaching conscious eating in a way where it is a learning experience, where you're constantly evolving and learning instead of trying to get it perfect, right? If I, right, so, so that's, we're letting go of the perfectionism because ironically, it's the perfectionism that is causing us to, um, to 
uh, ironically waste more food, right? In the pursuit of wasting less food, we end up wasting more food because we're trying to be perfect about it, trying to fit our body into a box, saying, okay, if I'm going to meal prep, I'm going to meal plan, then I have to buy X, Y, and Z, and I have to eat X, Y, and Z, but then, you know, food goes bad because it's not what your body actually wanted, or you lose your gusto in the meal plan, and, and you get bored with it, and you're like, okay, that doesn't work either, and then you end up throwing all this food away, and you're just like, oh, why can't I just get this right? Well, instead of letting outside rules, outside forces, outside systems um, telling you how to eat and what to buy and how much to buy, etc., etc., instead you let your own body guide what it is, how much you need, how much of what what it is that you need and let your body do the talking and let your body do the transactions. Let your body determine how much and of what goes into the refrigerator or the pantries every single week at the grocery store. And that is how you on the personal level can actually decrease your own amounts of food waste. But aside from that, when we zoom back out into our interpersonal familial relationships, friends relationships, and then zooming out even more so on the global political scale, you are not responsible for world hunger and the exploitation of marginalized communities all over the world. That is not your your doing. And you do not have to punish yourself for the violence and corruption of the political systems in place by eating food that your body says no to, okay? Okay, so I'm going to leave you with that. I hope this helps. Um, I'm going to leave my application below in the show notes to work with me and let me know what you think of this podcast. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Bye.